0: Welcome aboard the Power Up with Manal podcast, your go-to source for inspiring entrepreneurship, leadership, and mental fitness development. Get ready to push your limits mentally and come away feeling like a turbocharged version of yourself. Let's power up our lives. On this week's episode, I am thrilled to share with you Devin Floyd, founder and CEO of Niocon. He is a business consultant with a bold vision. He wants to transform the way we work and turn the business world into a place where employees not only thrive, but also enjoy their jobs. With over 20 years of experience in corporate IT, over 15 years of experience in mergers and acquisitions, several years on board of directors, Devin has a wealth of knowledge to share with us. With his mission to develop leaders and drive change, Devin is actively creating content to help close the gap in leadership development, a missing piece of the puzzle in the business world. Join us today as Devin not only shares with us his inspirational words, but also gets real about dealing with life's challenges, like what a lot of people are going through today, layoffs, and how to persevere. Devin Floyd, thank you so much for being on the Power Up with Manal podcast. I am so excited for you to be here to share your journey. It's inspirational, and I know it'll touch so many lives with what they're going through today and how they can really swivel and change their life into maybe entrepreneurship if they want. Um, De- uh, Devin is the CEO, founder, and president of Niacon Consulting. And Devin, tell us, tell me again, what is the acronym for Niacon?
1: NIOCON is an acronym for Not Your Ordinary Consultant.
0: Love, love, love it. Love it. Um, so tell us, Devin, our not-so-ordinary consultant, um, what do you do today? What is your company about? Um, and then we'll kind of go into your journey because I think it's a nice one to share with everyone.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm an independent consultant, so I'm the only uh, employee in my, in my company. But uh, I am kind of morphed into a leader development. Oh, love it. So my uh, my mission has become developing leaders at all levels of an organization.
0: And why does that, you know, you hit on something really interesting, and I like that we're going to just jump in and go deep. <laughs> um, you just said a very key word. You want to touch leaders on all levels of the organization. That's very interesting because usually, you know, you'll hear executive coaching, executive leadership. What do you mean by all levels and why is it important?
1: Yeah, the 20 years I spent working in the corporate world, I worked on the IT side of the house as an engineer and moving on up. And one of the pieces that I've identified is a lack of leadership um, for the staff. You have managers at all levels, a lot of bosses, a lot of managers, but none of them actually possess leadership skills. So the staff themselves are constantly being told what to do, make this deadline, what have you, but nobody's actually being a leader for them. So they're lacking that on a day-to-day basis. And this causes a lot of uh, problems, you know, productivity-wise within the workplace.
0: Yeah, I know, I 100% agree. Uh, either you are not yet a manager, but in a leadership role, like team leader, so moving into like, an actual leadership role and then through mid-management and up, like we almost forget to set the foundation. So I love this concept and how you are setting the leadership or wanting to set the leadership foundation to grow with these leaders so when they do become executives, they've already had sort of a well-rounded teaching and consulting in that space, you know?
1: Right, but it's not just about becoming an executive. Um, When you look at it, manage you, you manage... Uh, projects, you manage processes, you manage budgets, but you don't manage people. People, if you look at human psychology, people are group animals. They need a day-to-day leader. Yeah, the 20 years I spent working in the corporate world, I worked on the IT side of the house as an engineer and moving on up. And one of the pieces that I've identified is a lack of leadership um, for the staff. You have managers at all levels. A lot of bosses, nope. a lot of managers. That's a good point. But yes. Actually possess leadership skills. So the staff themselves are constantly being told what to do, make this deadline, what have you, but nobody's actually being a leader for them. So they're lacking that on a day-to-day basis. And this causes a lot of uh problems, you know, productivity-wise within the workplace. The company works. You need to focus on running a business, getting the numbers to work and all of that, but your staff needs to have supervisors, managers, directors, somebody that's actually being a leader for the staff, not just being the boss.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. So in your experience and in your teachings, what are some of the core foundational lessons or values that you teach um, leaders at that level or all levels?
1: Um, Well, it starts out with just providing them some basic knowledge and people skills that they can be used um, to be more effective at leading a group of people, right? You're putting them before yourself. It's not about you and getting the glory. It's about helping them do their job better, right? This is what we have to do. You don't do the work for them. You show them where to go to learn, where to go to find uh, the answers that they need. You help them through the process so that they're learning as they do it. Um, Dealing with conflict and, and just people skills right if you're going to be difficult and argue with everybody around the office you don't that doesn't make you a good leader right but when you can ask questions explain to me your point of view help me learn a bigger understanding of the picture and of you know what we're working with these are the types of people skills that are important to be effective uh, to be an effective leader
0: what is the biggest challenge you face when you are conducting you know, some of these coaching sessions, um, where do you find it the most difficult to sort of find penetration or effectiveness?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> um, th- there's a couple different difficulties. Uh, one is if the person is not into learning, I- I'm, I'm, I'm in boss, I'm in charge, go away. that's very difficult because you can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped.
0: Yeah. The ego.
1: Right. The ego. So if they're already in a position of, I don't need your help. I don't need your training. Then we hit a roadblock. It's what I call a roadblock. That's a problem that is going to cause disruption within the, uh, the team, the department and the company. So that's one of the big issues there is people going, I don't need your help. I don't, I don't need to learn this. Why are you, why are you here? Why are you wasting my time? The other part is people that don't want to empower those beneath them, if you will, in a hierarchy we're talking. Um, if they uh they're on a power trip, they've built their kingdom, if you will, and they rely on chaos and, and people not being qualified and knowing what they're doing so that they can remain in power.
0: Yeah, There's they feel they power. want to feel that power. Right. Yeah.
1: To break that down, they lose power and then they're going to be um, exposed as not qualified for the position they have. Those people don't want anything to do with this. they will actively sabotage you know my efforts to try to keep me from coming in and helping other individuals and other managers you know build a better culture.
0: Yeah, no that's that's very well said. so I have a question. so with that, Ego, power, pride, right? They're really, they're really the probably the top derailers of evolution of both mind and self, professional and personal, right? Because you are not being true to who you really are to help yourself actually change or evolve into some of these traits that are needed to be good leaders in the workplace, right? Um, how do you, how do you like, you're going to face this right and leaders face this with their with either their peers um or employees and vice versa right employees are facing this with their management at times like what are some best practices or advice through your experience that you can give people that when you are dealing with an individual like that that maybe has a power trip or maybe a little too much ego <laughs> or pride how do you influence that type of individual? How do you get through to that?
1: That's a tricky one. Um, and, and and really, to get around that, I have to come in from the top. So it, it, to make a conceited effort to, to help change things throughout the uh, hierarchy, it has to come from the top. Otherwise, you get, I don't have to listen to you. I don't answer to you. You know, I'm not doing it. So it has to come from the person above them to be able to make this effective that way they either have to play ball you know or they they have to leave because there's two points of view to your question one is me coming in as an outsider trying to make a difference the other is if you're stuck within that system and having to deal with those people well maybe that's where your question was coming from and that's almost impossible to really work through right I tried for over a decade, to be honest.
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> and, oh my god!
1: <laughs> and I finally had to give up and said, "I can't fix an environment like this from within. I have, I have to be an outside catalyst coming in from the top to be able to fix environments that 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 are poisoned by uh, people in these positions with that attitude or that mindset."
0: Right, right, and that's a big mindset shift. I mean. Uh, I, and you know, we've all faced sort of in our, I guess personal and professional careers individuals that hold these traits. And it just spreads like wildfire, the the negativity, the to- toxicity, I guess, the not wanting to be around certain environments. So it's so important, like you're saying to have the checkpoints in place and the training and the awareness to help individuals. I mean, because knowing yourself is the most important thing, right? And I I say this, and I know whoever's out there hearing this, (laughs) people know. Like, I feel you have this, this internal self, this self that you look at yourself in the mirror, and the thoughts in your head that nobody can hear, the intentions that you have that nobody knows, because you are the only person that knows. And I feel... That getting through to that isn't impossible, but it is a challenge, like you're saying. Because helping somebody break that mold and when they are with themselves and in their thoughts and they're like, man, maybe I need to learn how to open up my spectrum so I am listening to other opinions or broadening my mindset so I understand or have empathy or emotional intelligence because now I'm looking at things from somebody else's point of view, right? Which makes for such a good, I think, culture. And it's so easy yet so hard, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Because when you first start out, you learn your skill, then you're good at it. And then you're put in charge of a team of people. Maybe you're at a supervisor or manager level. If you're still all about yourself and that inner voice is all about you you're not going to make for a good leader. So people that are open to growing personally are the ones that are going to make good leaders moving forward because they want to learn how to look beyond just themselves. They want to learn how to shut the voice up in their head and go, that doesn't apply to what everybody else is thinking and doing in the office. I don't want to hear you. I want to talk to them and, uh, help them grow and help them learn. So first you have to help yourself grow and learn, then you can start helping other people grow and learn. Yep,
0: yeah. amen, Devin, amen. <laughs> true, so true. Um, I'd like to take a moment for you to tell us a little bit about how you went into entrepreneurship, because I feel like many individuals will resonate with you today one, we are in quite an interesting time. There, there have been a lot of tech layoffs recently. Um, many individuals have also found themselves exploring entrepreneurship because I feel like in today's digital age, it's a little more welcoming than maybe it was before, you know, we could really do things as easy as we can today. Not saying they're easy, but just access is easier to information, to tools, etc. cetera. Um, what you know, share a little bit how you got into entrepreneurship and what your journey looked like through that process.
1: Well, it it kind of came from, like I was saying earlier, not being able to fix issues within. Um, the 20 years that I spent working in corporate IT, 15 years of that was in post-merge environments where they would take three, four companies and try to combine them and merge them. So I've been through you know, mergers, rebuilding departments, and that multiple times. And it came to where it was just the same stuff over and over again. And as an engineer who got really good at his craft, it became very frustrating because I couldn't do IT properly in these large companies. And it was because of the hierarchical structure that was in place. And because the people at the higher levels were not IT people themselves. So they would have MBAs and business people in charge of their IT departments. They didn't speak the same language as the technical staff. They don't understand the workload that the technical staff has. Um, This became very frustrating to me. And I tried over and over again to try to fix this and make a difference internally. And I kept hitting these roadblocks. And these roadblocks were people in management positions that shouldn't be there. They're on ego trips or they're not qualified and um I eventually what was at a um the point the last company I worked for we just got bought out by another company and again going through they they bought five companies going to combine them and go well we needed to move uh the corporate data center this was a big technical project um that we had to do well they put their project manager on the task and she was really good everybody wanted her to do lead their projects <laughs> Well, I got a call from her and my uh, manager one day, and they're like, Devin, we need your help. I'm like, what's up? We need you to ru- manage this project for her. She can't make it happen. She went, I I talked to the directors, give me a list of all the systems you have. We don't have it. Give me a list of all the people in the company using them so I can start um, coordinating with them and bringing your systems down. And they didn't have it. Basically, it was a dysfunctional environment. From a company that had failed and then got sold to somebody else who bought it and, you know, started a cycle. The cycle
0: goes on. The cycle goes on.
1: <laughs> right. What had happened is I was sitting there looking at the worst of the worst environment. Nobody was talking. Nobody was collaborating with each other. Meetings were yelling matches and arguments. It was what you would picture to be, oh my God, I, these are professionals. Are you kidding me? Um, so it was that type of environment. I had to go, basically go around, pull a chair and sit in everybody's cube, talk to me, explain to me, what is it you're doing? They had two departments of programmers that sit there just twirling their thumbs. They weren't empowered to to, to work on code. You had directors saying, don't don't edit that file unless I tell you to. Because if some poor um, programmer took initiative and made something happen that needed to be done, this director would come and say, No, no, I told the other guy, we're not doing it that way. Take yeah. it out. You know, oh my
0: God. Take it out. We're
1: not doing it. So, yes, just and defeated. that's so painful. They were defeated. There was stress, yeah. and anger. It took me, I had to purge all the anger out of the environment. I had to sit down each individually and earn their trust and say, We're doing this project. You know, work with me to make this happen. Don't worry about management. I will take all the heat from them. So we worked through this. Uh, we established all the lines of communication with them. I went and talked to the directors of all the other uh, business units and or business um, departments, said we're taking your systems down, help them develop outage procedures for what, how their departments would function when their systems were down. We went through this. By the time we came to move the physical servers, it went flawlessly, went like clockwork. They all worked together, um, and they got the job done. And the last meeting I had after the project, kind of a capstone to to follow up, everyone was in the meeting room, standing room only. They were laughing. They were smiling. They were having fun. And they had a a sense of accomplishment that they hadn't had in a decade for some of these people. And I remember sitting around the room going, this is how it's supposed to be. Why can't our management do this? This is what we're supposed to do with the staff. And I started thinking, if I could turn this into a consulting business, this would be much more rewarding for me than just getting another job as an engineer in another dysfunctional environment where I can't make a difference.
0: So now you're out, you've left sort of the corporate realm and you were... Like, how did, what did you do? How did you start? Did you, did you just one day wake up and you were motivated and you started putting a business plan together? Was there a lot of lost moments? where
1: Kind of the exact opposite. I, got, <laughs> I actually got laid off in 15.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, so that kicked me out the door. Okay. Decision was made for me.
0: <laughs> right. And right.
1: I actually took a year off to just travel and play. I needed a break. I was so burnt out from 15 years of these post-merge environments that I couldn't even think of work. I, I couldn't, you know, I, I would be useless if I were to sit down and get another job. Doing. So I just traveled and played, went to Europe and pub crawled through Europe, took some ski trips and just, just traveled all over and just kind of de-stressed for a little bit. When I came back, I started an LLC and said, let me try to do something different. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Maybe I'll do some contract work, you know, maybe a consultant. I wasn't sure. Um, But as I was working there, I had an interview with uh, or some conversations with a CEO who had started a company. And as we were talking, I realized I had no clue what I was doing as a consultant. I knew IT in and out. I knew the corporate world in and out. But to sit there and say, I'm a consultant. Let me give you a um, proposal. I don't know how to write a proper proposal.
0: Right, right, right. Competitive landscape, pricing, so so much to it, right? It's like.
1: Exactly. So I said, I have to educate myself on how to be a consultant. This started um, the next three years of just intense personal educating myself, learning. How do I become a consultant? I found a group of consultants in Rochester. It was a nonprofit. Um. Rochester Professional Consultants Network and I met them and I go I was able to learn I go if you want to be a consultant or learn how to be a consultant surround yourself with consultants so I went there started educating they had um would bring bring presenters in they had a boot camp that you could learn how to start a company so I educated myself with all of this and I hit the point where I was very I learned met a lot of connections in the entrepreneurial world in Rochester I had learned it to the point where I turned around and designed a boot camp to teach other people how to start a consulting business, and then my personal mind, that was my thesis, if you will, was now I learned it enough that I could teach other people, and from there, Nio just started developing you know from that through through the process
0: Oh, I love this so much, so much, Devin. one because it you, you took your experience, but you realized that to start a business, you needed more. So you went and infused yourself in that world, which that's an amazing action to take. How many of us, how many of us say this? And I know at some point everybody's kind of done this, like, man, I don't know if I could do that because I've never done this, or I don't have this experience. And you quickly realize that you can always learn a process, a product, a company, et cetera. But your mindset matters the most. Expansion of mind, growth of mind, you know, thinking different ways, making decisions in different manners. Like I always tell people, poke your cognitive side. If you always go through a certain decision making process, challenge it and use somebody else's process for, for simple things to start off with. And it's very interesting how you start realizing, A, very quickly that, oh, maybe I shouldn't be using my tactic all the time. (laughs) Or B, you just grow into a very different individual because now you're transformational, which I think being transformational is so underrated. We're so fixated on putting people in types and um, what's your behavior and what do you do in this situation? And I I think people get annoyed at me sometimes because I'm like, and maybe this isn't a popular opinion, but I'm like... Well, it depends. There are variables. What are the variables? <laughs> you know? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, who's involved? Are there other decision makers? Is there already a fire? You know, there's a lot going on. Uh, and they're like, well, what is, it? what is it? like?" I'm like, it matters. It all matters. Because I'm going to put a different hat on for different situations. And that starts bringing you into a very different realm of understanding problems and resolution and solutions and decision making frameworks which consultants i feel get that because they're in and out of companies a lot you're you have you're getting different perspectives all the time right different ceos different leaders different industries and so you're able to sort of do that unconsciously because you're always surrounded by varying whatever it may be, thoughts, processes, automation, human behavior, company structures, right?
1: Um, No, I completely agree. We're uh, totally on the same page with this because that's exactly it. As I started learning to be a consultant, I had to learn the X, Y, and Zs of it. But then I was able to take that and expand it to be able to help other people with it because it wasn't just my specific skill set I was selling to do a particular project here or there but I'm like, I'm helping other people. Go to help somebody, I didn't. Ha- I don't have a process, if you will. Like when I took that IT department that was completely dysfunctional, turn around, I didn't go and say, here's my three-step process, this is what I'm gonna do. I went in, looked at everybody I had, you know, who was there, this is what I have to work with, and then let's start helping them do their jobs and help them become a team. And that translates when I right now helping somebody build a new company, I'm helping them build the new company. I'm not coming in with my five-step process on how to build a company and then I'm going to walk you through that. It really is. You, you get to the point where it's it's about, it's not just the same everywhere. It's different for everyone you, you're working with. And when you can learn that person, if you will, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but you learn them well enough to be able to help them and walk them through what they're putting together. That's a whole other level than just coming in with a step-by-step process on do this, do this, do this, and then you're there.
0: Yeah, because what often happens is you have this cookie cutter process, and then you're forcing every business into this cookie cutter process. What I hear you doing is Unlocking the potential of the company and individuals already there, and you're just helping them sort of expand their horizon to multiply themselves tenfold right, whether it be profitability efficiencies um self you know evolution, which I think I think has a lot of value and so much more than what an average consultant does. So, you know what? I agree. I agree with your acronym for your, pu- <laughs> for your company, Devin. Uh, that works out, yeah. So many I'm sold. levels. I'm sold. <laughs> and,
1: and so, you know, there was several nights on a bar stool in an Irish pub coming up with that name. <laughs> I, I,
0: you know what? I love that. I love that even more. Um, and I also, you know what? You know what I really love about what you just said, sitting at the bar and coming up with the name? I also feel like there is this sort of taboo or misconception in society that all your ideas and decisions and business work happens between the hours of nine to six or eight to five. And I'm always like, but when are you the most, when is your mind the most free to be creative? When do you naturally gravitate towards higher productivity levels? Like me individually, I'm not a morning person, never have been. I I have ran marathons in the morning. I've had kids. I've done the whole morning thing. Like I have a lot of experience. Nothing's changed anything. And I have always gotten up early to do the things I need to because that's just what I was handed. But I come alive in the evening and I realized my best business ideas, my best proposals, my best, you know, promo videos and write-ups have always happened after hours. And that's just me personally. But I think it's because, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think it's because I'm not stressed or thinking about it or have multiple rails of situations or individuals needing me. I'm sort of in my zone. I'm in my zone. My mind is free. So I feel like when my mind is free, it sort of shoots into what's maybe in my subconscious mind the most, which is what do I need to do? And it's usually something creative or something that needs deep thought.
1: Um, No, I completely agree with that. I've never been a morning person myself. So I I, I haven't done the morning thing.
0: (laughs) If you want to be the best CEO, you got to wake up at four in the morning, run and do this and do that. Like, yeah, okay, buddy. That works for certain individuals. Exactly.
1: That's (laughs) not not a universal rule.
0: (laughs) Each their own. If you do it, I love it. I I appreciate your discipline.
1: But people I got a different
0: discipline. (laughs) Right.
1: But 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 people do it. I notice it with people because there there are times when they're not at work being the person they're supposed to be at work. Everybody's pretending to be somebody while they're at work. They gotta play that persona. And when I would hang out with people after work at happy hour, playing sports with them, things like that, I got to know the real people. I would get to be able to interact with them as themselves. And when I could learn people and themselves, that's where I could really help people. Because they've got their own issues going on. They've had their own problems they're trying to work through. And when they're being themselves, then I could tell them what they needed to hear to make that click. Oh right! And then all of a sudden, oh, it's awesome. They're no longer worrying about it. You know, we can, you know, get back on the field or order yeah. another beer or whatever we were doing.
0: <laughs> um. uh, <laughs> no, that 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 totally hit right on, right on. So Devin, um, you know what? You know, during times when it is, because running your own business is not easy. Um, constantly. Uh, you know, being on the go, helping companies, being in different situations, you know, you you take on a lot of pressure, right? Um, what is your, what do you do to keep yourself sort of on the go and maybe relieve some of that, you know, stress? Like what are your outlets and what are some things people maybe can learn from that?
1: I like, um, well, I like playing outdoors. i always been a okay. you know, hiker and I I ran rock climbing trips for 20 years. That was always a lot of fun. Really? Um, Yeah.
0: So, what what do you do? So, you lead other individuals to certain locations and then the actual track and everything like that?
1: Yeah. I would, well, I had a couple places, uh, campsites. I would call and reserve the big campsite, big open lot. We put as many tents as we wanted. And then I would put the word out, say, hey, I'm going every day weekend. Who's in? And whoever would sign up would go. I would coordinate the trip you know get everybody there meet them when they came but then we would get out to the um the rock face uh my friends that were you know doing it for a while do your thing the new people all right let me start teaching you let's set up the top rope here's some knots you gotta learn this is how we drop the rope and give them the whole you know picture so that they understand from the beginning by the time they left they knew how to rock climb they knew what was involved with it they understood setting up the ropes, and then give them some skills to start, you know, actually climbing. And then the more they came, the better they got. The people that were more expert would do some lead climbing and things like that. But I'd always have experts to people that were brand new. So teaching people how to climb was was fun for me. Again, teaching and helping people learn was a common theme that um, that I enjoyed, and that's what always kind of kept me going and motivating. That's what's translated over to my uh, consulting.
0: So you, your outlet was doing things that you, that you loved. And it seems like you love not only being outdoors, but being an influence, a coach, a teacher, like that moves you. And you found different ways to do it.
1: Correct. Learning, learning new things was always fun for me. Like when I started mountain biking, I had a group of friends who were way above my skill set on mountain biking. I jumped on a bike and ran with them. I crashed a lot. I'd always, I'd doing the first blood award, they called it, because I'd wreck and be all bloody in that. And they're like, you got the first blood award this trip. Um, Because I was pushing myself way beyond my limit. But that was fun for me because I was learning and I was learning fast and at a rapid pace. So I was doing that. Um, Any sport I did, that's kind of what I did. I was just in the deep end and go. But also I could help people. The newer people, I could teach them. Or even people that were more advanced. There's always stuff going on in their life where I'd be able to to give them a different angle, someone to talk to, someone to put things in perspective for them. So helping them learn and grow in that respect. So yeah, it was always outdoors pushing myself, but also helping other people, uh, you know, learn and uh, you know grow themselves. It was always a combination of that. But that got me out of the mindset of work, and that was where I could vent and uh, recharge and and. One, because if you're not out playing and having fun, you're just burning yourself out.
0: Oh, my gosh. And the, the power of stepping back or really understanding when you need to detach is so much more powerful than pushing through. And that's something I had to learn the hard way, too.
1: And unfortunately, in the entrepreneurial world, that's what's taught you have to do.
0: Yeah, just like, you so just suck you, it up, push through. You put in 100
1: hours a week and you can't have a life and every waking minute is put into your business and you have to, you have to, you have to. People start a company, by the time they get done with all this, they're, they're overwhelmed, they're stressed out and they resent starting a business. And I'm like, no, yeah, there's hard work when you start, but there's people that can help you, right? You don't have to do all of it, surround yourself with other people. If you don't like doing the books, there's a lot of number geeks out there who love doing the books. Hire one of them to do your your bookkeeping, right? Hire somebody to help teach you how to do marketing and take some of the marketing off your plate. So you need to learn what's involved with running a business, but you don't have to be on the hook to do every one of them. Right. But that's what they're teaching in the entrepreneurial world. That's such well, a, that's what a misconception. To do. Yes,
0: yes. So,
1: again, there's another piece. That to me needs to be um, a new mindset around being an entrepreneur. I think it's a shame what they're teaching entrepreneurs nowadays. People are burned out before they even turn the corner before they can enjoy it.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. It, I mean, and you know when you. What do they say? What is that rule that like 20% of your input is 80% of your output, which means we don't have that much capacity. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's why you need to partner and have all all these, um, not only resources, but automations, nowadays AI, like there's so many things that, that come into play.
1: There's definitely help out there. There are pockets of people like the nonprofit I was telling you about earlier, the consultants, they're about educating people that are starting out and helping give them the tools and support they need to get going. So you don't have to do it alone. There's um, a lady that I'm helping. I mean, kind of advising on the side. uh, She's starting a a new business um, in Rochester, and I've been helping her since the beginning and connecting her with people. Okay, where are you at now? Go talk to this person, you know, helping her along the path. And she had made a comment to me. The last place she lived, I was Pennsylvania or something, not important. She goes, when I tried to start a company there, I felt like I was doing it all myself and I was alone. In Rochester, she goes, it's a completely different experience. I feel like there's so many people here to help me. And I go, that's the way the entrepreneurial world should be.
0: That's how it should be. That peer group and that community matters so much. And I also tell people like, be real. Be honest, like starting a company, you need to not just focus on, I would say, the professional side of it, but your personal side too. have a conversation with people in your lives. Talk to your dependents, you know, that, hey, I'm going to be starting this. It might take some time away from here. uh, But the plan in the next year or two is this. I may need some help or some whatever it may be, but it makes such a big difference having open communication with your family, friends, your peer groups, people around you. Because I did I do find that when you get very busy at a certain point and you're there is a point in all startups where you're just like, before you learn what you need to do, you're like doused like in everything, heads down, and you're like dying. And there's like nobody around you. Like it gets really lonely.
1: Right. It certainly does. And and that is true. Now As I say, there should be help and people giving you all that. There's still that point as an entrepreneur where you're starting a company, you get overwhelmed, there's so much to do. That is part of the path. Not everybody is up for it. Not everybody should start their own company. But when you go down that path, you do, if you do it right, you do so much more than start a company where you're making money for something. You're providing people. You are learning and growing personally. And if you're not learning and growing personally, why are you doing it?
0: Right. 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 No, very good point. Very good point. So Devin, what's next? What's next for Devin Floyd?
1: Well, there's a couple of uh, projects on my plate that I've been putting a lot of time and energy into, and I'm looking for them to start running. One of them, I started uh, helping um, someone build a new company. Now, this particular company, she had done research into how to solve the problem of employee stagnation, why people are disengaged at work. There's a statistic that says 85% of employees are not fully engaged at work. And that number hasn't changed in like 30-something years. So she had a solution for this that fit right along with what I was trying to do but turn the cultures around. And that basically I said, our paths just crossed. Let me help you take your ideas, turn them into a product, if you will, a service that you can sell. And I will also help you build a company that can deploy this to many clients at once. So this company will be able to go out into larger um, corporations and help Install a leadership culture and turn those environments around. So, the part of building the company, the heavy lifting, the hard work, is done. And as soon as we get to seed money, that can be off and running. Now that's going to be fun. So now I can uh, help company go in and help, you know, uh, turn some other cultures around and and take entire environments of people frustrated and stressed, put smiles back on their faces. And I'll be able to t- travel and do. I just Designed a new um, uh, product for an event space. Go out to uh, ski resorts. You know, have CEOs come out and we'll teach them leadership training, you know, while they're on a ski trip um, or golf clubs or what have you. So I'm at the point now where I'm ready to go start playing and having fun. I've done the heavy lifting. I've done the hard work. I've got the pieces in place. Now it's time to get back to going and playing and having fun.
0: Yeah, but you, it almost, it almost feels like you have helped yourself unleash sort of this creative side that you were craving before that you were missing. And I feel like the stepping back, the the continuously broadening your horizon having knowledge from all aspects has played into it is there anything else that we who are so stuck in societal norms and the structure can do to kind of un re-unleash that side of us because we all have it we all had it as children life happens we're in this like rigor and cultural norms and societal norms and we sort of we we we, we lose it we lose it because we as adults tend to fear judgment or fear starting something new or fear failure, right?
1: That That's, that's a, a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of a good answer for that. Basically, stop, take a step back and look at the bigger picture when you get stuck in the rut i have to work because i got to pay the bills i got to put food on the table i got to support the family that's all you see and that is just nothing but stress um if you step back and take a look at the bigger picture right okay by the time i'm 30 years old i ought to be able to learn what i wanted by working for somebody else and maybe i can start a new company no reason says i can't start that now Don't look at the details, just the big picture. There's always a bigger picture that puts things in perspective. You don't need to spend your whole life in the rut going nowhere and then retire pissed off because you didn't get to enjoy life. Right? Stop. There's no reason I can't play and have fun at the age I'm at now. Right? I can go learn something new and start a new company. No reason I can't do that and find other people that know what I need to learn that can help me learn it and have fun doing it just take a step back and put things into perspective. That's probably one of the biggest things that you can do.
0: Yeah. I love that, Devin. It's almost like I had to change my dialogue. I remember from thinking I cannot because X, Y, Z, I can't, I can't to how can I, how can I? And I kept changing it to how can I, my dialogue. And I realized when I changed that, I changed a lot about my life and the risks risks I'm willing to take and also finding very creative solutions, like very creative solutions to run things um, either, you know, uh, at low cost or, you know, if if, my, if startup funding was an issue, you know, or, you know, where you can get grants and funding and you'd be amazed, surprise. Like I was talking to somebody the other day and I'm like, oh, she's like, I need funding. I mean, the health health business. And I'm like, wow. I was like, do you know that even like, you know, sport, sporting companies like Nike have certain grants that they issue every year and you you just have to apply for them Like, we just don't, they're just out there. You just have to kind of look sometimes, you know, and I know it's annoying and it's, you know, you have to go out there and do a lot of research. And there are individuals, like I started doing that. I started helping um, businesses kind of narrow down where they can get funding. But I, I do agree, like, unleashing uh, that and changing your mindset really changes your perspective on life and what you're willing to do.
1: Uh, absolutely, yeah. Again, we're so on the same page here. Um, we're always on the same page, Devin.
0: <laughs> we got to have an argument now
1: <laughs> <to balance. laughs> um, Right, so the first piece is step back and take a look at the big picture. Go all the way back to being five years old if you want. What do I want to do? I got the whole... My whole life ahead of me and the whole world out there, what, what do I want to go do? Take yourself back to that big picture and then re put things back into perspective. The second piece is take a look at your mindset. Do you Have, uh, have you adopted a negative mindset throughout your life? Right? I, I, I can't do anything beyond, I, I, this is all I'm qualified to do. This is all I know how to do. This is all I'm going to be able to do for the rest of my life right it's stress life sucks but if you have a negative mindset first identify that you have a negative mindset then make a conceited effort to try to adopt a positive mindset find people that can help you adopt a positive mindset people that can tell you you know that that support you say you can do it that help give the bigger picture right There's no way I'm going to be able to get funding. And then Manal comes on. No, no, no. Well, let's just send something to Nike. We'll put a proposal. and me give the money out. All of a sudden, it's possible. All of a sudden, it's the positive mindset that's going to help propel you and get you going forward and get you through it. So you really need to make an effort at those two points. Look at the bigger picture and then try to adopt a positive mindset. That's going to help you get out of the rut. That's going to help you find the 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 light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. There is a better way of doing things. There is a more fun way to go through life. It does exist. If you can't see it, you need to step back and, and start working on yourself to turn your mindset around. Once your mindset's turned around, doors and start opening and opportunities start opening that you never would have found.
0: Yes. Yes, Devin, yes. Agree. Agree. Especially like I I remember I mentioned something to somebody and the first thing they said was, Well, that that's complicated. I'm like, it's complicated, unless if you break it down and put it in phases. They're like, Well, okay, yeah. Or yeah, if I want to start company X, Y, and Z and I need this much money and I don't have it today, what's wrong with starting here first? Take baby steps. Start building your reputation, credibility, clientele, whatever it may be, and grow your business with it. You know, like there's so many options. And I love the way you said it. Thank you. You you I love the way you think. You always help me think differently as well um, when I pose problems to you. So you I definitely can see why you became a consultant and why you started your company and how you're expanding into these two new different things and avenues. Like it's so exciting. And I am so happy to be part of your network where i can see your journey grow um is there i'm gonna link everything in the show notes so uh devin's profile uh nyoko um any other uh links that you have i'll i'll put in the show notes for everyone to reach out is there any anything else you want to let our audience know or any other way anyone can reach out to you find out what you do and you know how you can help their business
1: um well like there's different ways to reach out to me i will say that i'm not the best at keeping everything up to, to speed the to web page and the linkedin so it's there they can find me yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so i'll just kind of put that in thing being
0: real and being self-aware <laughs> right so
1: i'll put that out there <laughs> I, I would say one of my taglines has become work should be fun if you're not having fun you're 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 not in the right job you're not doing it right Fun doesn't mean goofing off and slacking and, and not working hard. Working hard can be fun too. Working hard actually can be very rewarding. When you accomplish something, now you feel a self of a sense of self-accomplishment. That's rewarding, but that's fun. So you have to be able to find the fun in what you're doing. Otherwise, your whole time spent here was I don't want to say wasted, but you know, in a way, you you you, you should be having more fun
0: doing it. You're not content. You're you're right, and I I also say that you know it's funny because you'll say things like that, and then you'll you'll have people roll their eyes and be like, "Well, if you are my situation," and I go back to that, and I'm like, "Yes, true." Sometimes there are situations we cannot get out of, and it's desperation, and we're doing certain jobs or so forth to make ends meet but that doesn't mean you can't have an exit plan
1: right it's all It's the way i look at it it's all part of the adventure right life is an adventure and you should be out having an adventure now mine it got very difficult 15 years in post-merge environments boy that sucked i don't wish that on anybody um but when i wanted to become a consultant i threw myself into a um you know, self-education, like I was telling you. But when I was doing that, the income wasn't there. I had lost a house to um, foreclosure. I was crashing an apartment from a friend of mine. I couldn't keep up with the rent. I ended up finding myself, um, I lost that apartment right at the beginning of the pandemic. Now, all of a sudden, I'm homeless at the beginning of a global pandemic. If I sat there and let that beat me down... I didn't never got out of that, but I go. It's all part of the adventure. I go at the very least. I've now got a better war story to tell at the bars. <laughs> 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 when people are going out about how life sucks with this, I go, "Yeah, you want to know how bad I had it." So <laughs> it, there's always a positive way to look at the negative that's coming. It's not always easy to see or find, but if you step back, see it as an adventure. These were just the bad stuff that happened on that adventure. And that gives you war stories to talk about. That's starting to put a positive spin on it again. So find the adventure and have fun with the adventure.
0: Yeah, Devin, thank you so much. Thank you for a few things. One, being real and being vulnerable and telling, you know, the good with the bad. Because I think that's important for everyone to hear. We always kind of see the shiny end Uh, result, but we don't see the journey and the struggle to it. And um, it's uh, very admirable that you shared your journey and your experience. You're such an inspirational leader. You continually strive to be a better version of yourself and people around you then tend to do the same. Um, So I, I appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, if anybody has any questions, please reach out to myself or to Devin. I'll link his information. Um, and thank you, Devin. Thank you for powering up our audience.
1: Now, this was my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. This
0: thank was you. It pleasure. Thank you for tuning in. On each episode, we will continue to bring on successful, dynamic individuals to dig deep and share stories that will inspire you to power up your life. This show is packed with unrivaled storytelling and no reservation advice. Tune in now by searching Power Up with Manal wherever podcasts are found. Please show us just a little bit of love by leaving a review and hitting that subscribe button. This helps our small production get reach and voices heard globally. Let's power up together, baby.